Well, good morning. How are we doing today? All right. Well, my name is Jeff Reinhardt. I'm the student ministries pastor here at Renovation. And it's an honor and a, a joy to share the word of God with you this morning. I thought we'd start our time off together with uh, something that I love very much, which is humor and fun. So go ahead and put up the picture. Um, so 2020 has been kind of a crazy year. And I saw this and I was like, wow, if that doesn't describe what 2020 feels like, I don't know what does. So all the more reason to join Dr. Dan's Thurzology class so, so you can figure out what really is going on in 2020. Well, the message I want to share with you this morning, and if you're taking notes, you can write down the title, Ready for What's Next? Ready for what's next. I believe God is doing a new thing in you, myself, this country, and this uh, world right now. While all the craziness is going on, I believe he's up to something, and he's doing a new thing. And he wants us to be ready for what's next. Ready for what he's going to do next. Let me ask this. Are you a prepared person? You can raise your hand. Are you a prepared person? You like being prepared wherever you go. You like having everything go and be like, you know, all set up to, to go. Uh, so if you're in that category, you're a lot like my wife, Paige, who's a Phoenix Children's Hospital nurse in the emergency department. Shout out. And uh, she is... I, I'd assume it's probably, you know, has to relate to her job, but I think it's just who she is. She's just a very prepared person. Anywhere we go, you know, if we're going to the beach or something on vacation, she's got like three types of sunscreen. She's got the beach blanket. She's got the umbrella. Like she is ready to go. Snacks for the rest of the day. Now, there's another category, and this is probably where I'd identify in. It's the... Uh, non-prepared category, and if you're like me, we don't prepare, but we show up and we have an absolute blast, okay? We are just, we'll, we'll show up and we'll kind of just figure it out as we go, and we'll have a blast doing it. I won't make you raise your hand for that one, but, uh, but you identify with me through that. So perfect example, Paige and I were ready to go for our, our honeymoon, and we were heading to the airport, and... We had our bags and everything ready to go, and we get up to the ticket counter, and have you ever, like, I mean, you've flown, you know the ticket counter, and then you have the weight there, where you weigh your bags, and then you have to be under 50 pounds? Well, you know, usually Paige packs a little lighter than I do, because I like, you know, packing shoes, clothes, for whatever occasion. That's probably the only thing I am prepared for. But we get up to the counter, and Paige puts, puts her bag on the weight scale, and it's like above 50 pounds. And I'm like, what the heck did she pack? Like, what is going on here? Mine, you know, I put it on, it was like 30 pounds, and I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, this is bizarre. Uh, what's going on with Paige's bag? So you know you have to, when your, your bag is over the weight limit, you have to start shifting things into whoever you're traveling with. You try to find those things that you can shift over and make your bag go onto the scale. Uh, limit. Well, we're trying to figure out, and we keep shifting. Nothing happens. Still above 50. 
keep shifting above 50. And then all of a sudden, Paige goes, oh my gosh, I know what it is. And I'm like, okay. She unzips her bag and she pulls out three full bags of fluid, like from the hospital that you like, you know, hook up to someone and put a line in. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, well, I just wanted to make sure that you would be prepared, we'd be prepared in case you got sick so that you could still enjoy our honeymoon. And I was like, who did I marry? I was like, what in the heck? And so we had to call her cousin to come pick up the three bags of fluids and take it home with them so her bag could be under the weight limit. Well, in the same way that my wife is prepared for anything and everything to go down, I believe that God wants to prepare us for anything and everything to go down, and he wants to do in us a work so that we are prepared for what's next. He wants to do incredible, magnificent things through your life. And he wants to prepare you so that you can handle the amazing things and the incredible things that he wants to do in and through your life. So you might be asking, okay, what are these magnificent things? What are these amazing things? What can God do in my life? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 3.17. Ephesians 3.17. I'm going to be in the NIV for the first two verses, and then I'm going to finish in the message. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. What up, bro? Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Josiah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to read the first two verses, and this is Paul's prayer to the church in Ephesus. He says this, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then he finishes it off, and I'm going to read the paraphrase of verse 20 in the message. It says this, God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess, or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Beyond your wildest dreams. He wants to do things in and through you that blow your mind. He wants to take you to spaces and places that you could have never dreamed of going on your own. And it's all done through God working within you. It's all by being filled with Christ's love for you. What I've noticed is that people grow where they're loved. People grow where they're loved. And you are loved in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter if you had the worst past, full of pain, full of running from God, full of making mistakes, errors, and failures. It doesn't matter if you're perfect or close to perfect. Jesus is only perfect. But close to perfect, we all need Jesus. 
We all need him to work within us, in and through our lives, and to allow him to do things that are beyond our wildest dreams. He works within us, and we need to allow him to work within us. I love that God doesn't discriminate. You could know the entire Bible, or you could know nothing about the Bible. God still wants to use your life. He still wants to use you. I love, that's why I love scripture so much, is because as I read through some of these, you know, characters in the Bible, God isn't using perfect people. That's why I love Dr. Dan's sermon last week about Gideon. He met Gideon at his weakest point. You don't have to have things all figured out. You just need to allow God to work within you. You just need to allow him, offer your life to him, and allow him to do amazing things through you. But it's going to be by his power working within you. Working within you. So then it comes to our part. How can we be prepared for what God wants to do next? How can we take hold of these things that he wants to do and in through our lives? Well, I love this conversation with Jesus and his closest followers. If you have your Bibles, turn to John 15, 1 through 5. Jesus has just left the Last Supper, last dinner with his disciples, and he's preparing to go to the cross to die for the sins of the world, to die for your sin, for my sin, and be the perfect sacrifice, and then raise to life to give you and I life and life abundantly. And he, he's leaving this there, he's walking. And scholars, it's, it's somewhere between when he got arrested and when he was coming from the dinner. But some scholars think that there were some vineyards around to where Jesus used this amazing example and illustration of what he was about to do in and through the disciples, in and through the followers of Christ. And I think we can learn a lot from this passage of Scripture. So follow along in John 15, one through five. These are Jesus' words. He says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that I'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I love God's pruning process because in his pruning process, he first redefines who we are. I mean, did you notice that? He, he told the disciples that you are clean because of the word that I, I, I've spoken to you. And so he starts there. He starts with their identity. He starts by redefining who they are and, and telling them, you, you're, you're now in me. You're now a child of God. You're, you're a branch connected to the vine. And I think that's where each and every one of us needs to start, is that we need to be connected to Jesus. We need to stay in Jesus. 
We need to stay there. And what's amazing is when we decide to, to follow Jesus and surrender our life to Jesus, I love it. He doesn't, he transforms us right then and there, right? The old is past and the new has come. He gives us a new life, a new purpose, a new meaning, and a new outcome in our lives. Right then and there, the moment you give your life to Jesus, your failure, your error, your wrong, who you used to be, that gets redefined in the love of Christ. And there's forgiveness waiting for you at the cross. There is love meeting you right where you're at. Jesus meets you right where you're at. I hear it all the time with some of my friends. I'm talking and, you know, some of my old basketball teammates and stuff. And they're like, man, you don't know what I've done. I'm like, okay. It's like, man, I, could, I need to get myself right before I go to cross. I need to clean up my life. And I'm going, no, dude, that's not how it works. Christ came to us. God chose us before we even believed in him. I was once lost, but by God's power and his love, I am now found. And he meets me right where I'm at. So I don't know what you've been struggling with today. I don't know what you're carrying today, what mistakes, failures you've made. But can I just encourage you that if you give that to Jesus, there is repentance or there's forgiveness waiting for that repentance. And his kindness and his love leads us to repent and to turn to him. He loves you. He's for you. And he, he wants to redefine your life and give you a new life and purpose in him. But I, what I love about Jesus is when you start following Jesus and you give your life to him, he doesn't just leave you there. He doesn't just, all right, figure it out. <laughs> Try to follow me. Good luck. You know what I mean? I think that's, some of us get that in our, our, our mentality. It's like, oh my gosh, we've got to do better. We've, we've, oh my gosh, we've got to, uh, I got to get right. I, I, I got to figure out how to walk this life out. No, that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit. It's so that he can refine us. He can redefine us, but then refine us into his likeness. He can make us look more like him. Because it's going to be God's power and his spirit working within us, giving us the power and the desire to do what pleases him. We need to be refined. We need to stay connected to Jesus and allow his pruning process to work in our lives on a daily basis and allow his spirit to work within us. Oh, man, we need to trust his process. Jesus has a process that he takes us through that refines us to look more like him. I love it, his pruning process. God is the gardener. I started picking up this weapon, also known as a pruner. But I love that picture of God being the, gar the gardener, right? We're in Jesus. We're connected to the source. But then he says, there's some things in your life that you need to give to me so that I can cut it out of your life so that you can bear even more fruit. Isn't that incredible? The things that we're holding on to, the, the, the hurt, the pain, the habits, the hangups, if we give to Jesus and allow him to cut that out of our lives, whew, he does wonders 
in and through us. He produces fruit through our lives within us and to the people around us. But it starts by allowing God to cut those things out of our life. And it's painful. It's painful. It's going to take you allowing God to stir some things in you. It's going to allow God to cut some things that you've been so used to in your life. But can I just tell you that it is worth it. It's worth it to find supernatural healing in Jesus. I believe that he can work through counselors. He can work through doctors. He can work through your friends. He can do anything. But we need to be the ones that allow God to work in us and allow him to cut some of those things out of our lives. So what, let me ask this. What do you need to allow God to cut out of your life today? Is it, is it a negative mindset? Is it a limited mindset? Is it how you treat your coworkers when no one's around? Is it how you talk about your boss when he's not there and when she's not there? Is it how you talk to your kids when you're frustrated with them? Or your friends, the list goes on. I don't know what it is for you, but ask God to cut whatever you're dealing with, whatever is negative, whatever needs to be trimmed out of your life. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're like, honestly, I feel like I'm pretty good, you know? Well, I love, I love David's prayer in Psalms where he says, search me, God, know me. See if there's any offensive way in me. Boy, that's a scary prayer. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want that to happen. God, like, I don't know if I want to open up my life to you and for you to go in there and show me what needs to be cut out. But what I do know is that it's worth it. Quarantine, I, I feel like, has been good for me in the fact that I've dedicated some time and space for God to work. And what's crazy is when I start praying that prayer, he starts revealing things in me that need to be cut out of my life. And a lot of times they're just little things. You might have a couple of big things that need to be cut out, but a lot of times it's how I treat my spouse on a daily basis. It's how I treat youth and the people around me or that customer service rep that is making me so upset because I'm on hold for like an hour. It's those things, and it's in those moments that God is saying, Jeff, that right there, that needs to go, buddy. That you, need to, you need to give that to me so I can cut that out so that I can make you look and act more like me so that you can be the fragrance and aroma of Christ, and I can use you on my mission to save people. He's so good. He's so good. Maybe, maybe it's not a negative behavior. Maybe you just had something tragic happen in your life and it's time to give that to God and allow him to supernaturally heal you. I, I love what it says in Romans that he uses or he works to, together the good for everyone that's in him. I think that was a weird paraphrase. But he, he works all things for the good of those who love him. The good, the bad, and the ugly. He works it to good. So I don't know what you've been hanging on to. Maybe it's an insecurity. Maybe it's something that's deep down in your soul. But when you give that to God, he repurposes that 
for good. He uses you for his kingdom purposes. And what's amazing about it, I've seen this happen so many times, is that one tragic area of your life, God repurposes that and uses you in the lives of others to, to, to provide healing for them and to, and to give them um, a chance of hope only found in Jesus. Maybe that's what he needs to do in your life today. He needs to, he needs to give you a vision, show you how he's gonna use that area of your life to be able to make an impact on other people. Our stories are some of the most powerful things when given to Jesus. When we give our story to Jesus and he redefines us and then refines us, he makes you a weapon against the enemy. You're powerful now because that thing that the, the enemy meant for evil, God is using it for good. Give it to God. Allow him to stir some things up and let's find healing so that we can be the most effective people for Christ. What about the good things? That was such an interesting part in scripture where the, 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 the branches that do bear fruit, this, this threw me for a loop. He prunes so that they can be even more fruitful. So let me ask you this. What are some good things that have gotten taken out of your life or gotten cut out of your life? What are some good things that you didn't understand what God was doing in that moment? And, and, and maybe even in quarantine, you lost your job that you loved and you're, go, you're going, God, where, where are you? I love that job. And he's saying, I, I needed to take that good thing out of your life so that I could replace it with the best thing. He sees so much farther down the road than we do. And he has a plan and a purpose for our life. And that's happened to me several times where he's taken a good thing and I'm like, God, you serious? I was mean. Why'd you do that? I love that thing, you know? I, I love that season. And you just brought it to a close. But he's saying, Jeff, you don't know why I'm taking that out of your life, that good thing. You don't know yet. You don't see what I see, but I can give you this much, is that I'm replacing it with something so much better. I'm gonna prune that so I can make you even more effective for me. So maybe it's time to start saying, God, whatever you need to do in me, whatever you need to, to prune in my life, I give it to you so that I can be even more faithful with what you've given me. I can be even more effective. I, I don't want to be a, impressive to other people. I want to be impactful in their lives. I, I'm not here for show. I, I want to make a difference. And that difference only happens when we're in Jesus because he's the roots to our fruit. A lot of times I'm asking God to do a harvest in my life. I want God, I'm like going big, right? And dreaming big, God, ah, oh, work in me. I want like a crazy harvest, but he gives me a seed. I ask God for the harvest and he's saying, here's your seed. I, I'm gonna develop in you the maturity and the character to be able to steward that harvest, but it starts with your roots. So what do your roots look like today? Are you allowing God to work in you and develop those roots? Because one thing I've noticed is God isn't mean. He's not going to give you this crazy fruitful tree and, and this harvest with these dinky little roots. 
You know what I'm talking about? Because what happens when that storm comes? You get blown over. You get taken down because the roots aren't secure. So what's the foundation? What is your foundation? Are you finding that foundation in Christ? Because if you're not, you're in for a rude awakening. And I'm going to give you a, a, a personal example of how that happened in my life. Is I was, I was living and working out in California, and I felt like I, I was just kind of living the dream, you know. I lived next to the beach. I had this great job. I was making good money. I'd get off at 2.30 every day, which meant one thing. I was going to the beach, and I was surfing. I was like, can it get any better than this, you know? And I, I was in a relationship at the time, long-distance relationship, and, you know, I just was finding my identity and worth in all these things. And I don't think they're bad things necessarily, but I was, I was putting my identity and my security and my worth into those things. And, and then the unthinkable happened. My dad and my best friend had a, massive stroke that almost took his life. And I remember I was wrecked. I didn't have the roots for the storm. And I got blown over. And I got to a point where I had nowhere else to turn. My job wasn't saving me in that moment. My girlfriend, my lifestyle, all these things that I was trying to put my worth into couldn't save me in that moment. Couldn't hold me secure in the storm. That's when I knew the last place to turn, and really the only place I should have turned was God. And what's crazy is he met me in that moment. When everything was falling down around me, my life was getting destroyed. He met me in that moment. And what's crazy is that God used, not caused, God used that tragedy in my life to take me to a deeper level with him. I, 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 he used it. For his good and for my good. He took me to a deeper level to the point where I knew that things needed to change in my life. And so I went back and I started getting in the word daily. And I started saying, God, use me. God, do something in me. I need you. I need you. You're my foundation. You're my source of worth. Redefine me and refine me into who you've created me to be. And he did. It's a, it's a scary prayer but you know what? When you allow God to start working in and through your life, he does some magnificent things. And he prepares us. He prepares us and refines us to the point where we can handle, we can steward the amazing blessings that he has for us. And so what was crazy is that I, I wasn't at all interested in church work. And what was crazy, though, is that as I was sitting in my cube and I was doing my devotions, God started to do something in me and say, you know what? I want to use your personality. I want to use your talking ability or how much you talk because it's a lot. I'm going to use that. Ask my wife. Trust me, dude. I'm just, and students too, they know. Um, but I'm going to use that. If you give that to me, I'm going to repurpose that for my good and for your good and for the kingdom purposes. And he opened up a slot at the Santa Barbara Rescue Mission for me to be able to go and preach for the first time and it was scary but God was using me in that moment and and he was showing me and revealing in me 
that I had a desire and a passion to preach the good news of Jesus and to inspire people. And it started back when I was still figuring things out. I was making mistakes and God's grace was just meeting me right where I was at. And what's crazy is that he took me on a journey, a journey, and he was preparing me, replaced that good job with something that I felt like I was born to do. I didn't even see it coming. And, and he took that relationship and I, had, I went through a really rough breakup and I was, I was going, God, what, what's up with this? This is painful. But yet I went through that and he was preparing me and maturing me so that I could meet my wife. Took the, the good thing and replaced it with the best thing. And, and now I can tell you is that she's my best friend, my ministry partner. We go on medical missions all across the, the world with developing workers. And shout out to mom over there. And, um, and, 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 and I get to, to be with students and impact students. These are all things that I never knew were possible in me. But God sees it in you. And he wants to develop in you the maturity to be able to handle the blessings and the harvest that he wants to give you? What's the new thing that God wants to do in your life? It doesn't matter how old you are, what season you're in, there's always something that God wants to do next. There's always the opportunity to be developed and refined by God. And what's amazing about it, the printing process, the goal is Jesus. To live, to look, and to love like Jesus so we can impact this world so that God can use us to save the world through him and through Jesus. I have a, a couple practical tools if you're taking notes to allow God to start working in your life. But the first one is re-engage your spiritual disciplines. Re-engage your spiritual disciplines. What this basically means is grow, start growing with God. If you haven't allotted some time to be able to allow God to work in and through you, through his word and through prayer, dedicate that time to him. It was a game changer for me in quarantine. And, and God's been revealing things in me and cutting things out in me. So if you haven't, re-engage. And a lot of times, it's easier than we think. We pull up that Bible app, boom. And it can even read to you. Like, you can have it play back to you audibly if you're not a big reader. But start getting scripture in you so that God can work in and through your life. The second thing is stay in community. Stay in community. I know this season has been tough because we've been kind of isolated. But wherever community is, we need to be there. We need to grow with people we love. I love what scripture says is iron sharpens iron. So who sharpens you? Get around those people that are building you up and challenging you to be your best self and to look more like Christ. So stay in community. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with is dream big with God. Start dreaming big with God. Get a journal out. Start writing down things that are on your heart, maybe that you're passionate about or things you're interested in or problems that you want to be a part of solving. But then start small. Find your rescue mission. Find the place where you can get involved and make an impact today and start taking those steps forward. And watch God do a work in and through you. And I'm gonna leave you with this challenge and then we're gonna close. 
Here's my challenge for you this week. If you're taking notes or maybe you can pull out your phone, what is the one thing that you're either going to attack this week or you're going to start doing this week? So what's the one thing that you need to allow God to cut out of your life? And then what's the one thing that you're going to start doing? Spiritual discipline or whatever. So write that down. And what I want you to do is I want you to reach out and send that to someone or show someone and have them check in on you to see how you're doing with that. And have them bring them along in your challenge and have them check in with you and see how you're doing with that. But I believe God, there's so much more ahead for our church, for our nation, and for your life. There is more. So catch a vision of what God wants to do in and through your life. I'm excited for you. God believes in you. And it's going to be so cool to see the fruit that comes and gets produced through your life. I want to close by, um, if maybe you're watching this and you've never made the decision to follow Christ before and step across that line of faith, I want to present the opportunity for you today. So if I could have everyone um, bow their heads and close their eyes. If this is you today and, and you know that you know within you that it's time to allow God to work in and through you and to redefine your life with his love, with his forgiveness, with his plan for your life. It starts today. He died for you. He, gave, he laid down his life for you and rose from the grave to give you life so that you can have life more abundantly forever and be in eternity with God and start that daily walk with God to allow him to refine you, to look more like him. It's a free gift of grace. It's not earned. It's not deserved. It's given freely through Jesus. He is the only way for your soul to be saved. If this is you today, just whisper this prayer or say this prayer. Jesus, I give my life to you. Jesus, I give my life to you. It's the start. It's the beginning of this daily walk with him to where he wants to redefine you and refine you the rest of your life to find hope and love and joy only found in Jesus. Lord, I pray for the rest of us in here. Lord, help us to get uncomfortable with where we're at. God, work in and through each and every one of us and challenge us and mold us and shape us into who you've created us to be. Father, you are so loving. You are so good. Thank you for meeting us right where we're at, redefining our lives, giving us purpose and meaning in you. Use our lives for a harvest, God, but to develop the roots that we desperately need to sustain the fruit. We love you, God. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, I think that concludes our time today. So I just wanna thank those who have joined us online. You are all good to go. Have an amazing week. We love you so much. For the rest of you, we are gonna do our wedding recession out of here. And so the ushers will dismiss you. Love you guys. Have an amazing week.